Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. Research by an associate professor at Upstate found that insomnia is linked to a substantially higher risk of heart attack. Here to tell about his study is Dr. Hani Ayash. He's an assistant dean of interprofessional research at Upstate, and he holds appointments in neurology, surgery, medicine, and cardiovascular perfusion. Welcome to the informed patient, Dr. Ayash. Welcome. How are you? Well, I don't want to alarm listeners because I think many people struggle with sleep, but please tell us how you found this link. I know your work is listed as a meta-analysis. What is that? Meta-analysis is the top of the pyramid of evidence-based medicine. So this is one of the most important studies doing it. Meta-analysis is a statistical analysis that combines the results of multiple scientific studies. Also can be performed when there is multiple scientific studies addressing the same question, with each individual study reporting measurement that are expected to have some degree of error. The general statistical power and more ability to extrapolate polate, polate the greater population evidence base, more likely to observe an effect due to combining small studies into one large study. Increase accuracy because small studies are pulled and analyzed also in this study. So meta-analysis is one of the top research methods to study any subject. So you take and look at a bunch of studies together how many people do you think were part of this whole meta-analysis sample? Our sample was 1,184,256 patients originated from six different countries, U.S., U.K., Norway, Germany, Taiwan, and China. This is to increase the general liability of our finding. Now, did you start out with the idea that insomnia might be connected to heart attack or myocardial infarction? Yes. Myocardial infarction is clots in our coronary artery, which supply our hearts, which can cause damage and death of our heart muscles. This disease is considered to be the fairest cause of mortality all over the world. And it's a lot of studies about this disease, what we are looking for to prevent. Prevention is very important. There is a lot of causes of myocardial infarction. Modifiable, something we can change, and non-modifiable, something we cannot change. So if we look at something we can change, it will be great to decrease the incidence and the mortality and morbidity of this horrible disease. The easy stuff we can do to prevent this serious disease is our natural habits or quality of life. One of them is sleep. Sleep will not cost anything. Just simple stuff we can protect as a very low cost with great benefit on prevention. My background, I practiced medicine as a cardiologist in many countries before I came here. So always I'm looking for something to decrease this mortality. I saw a lot of people dying from this disease. So when we said sleep is medicine, diet is medicine, or food is medicine, this is what we're looking for. So our rationale to discover very easy stuff and can protect our health, our heart from very serious disease. So you thought sleep would have an impact on a person's risk, but how much of an increased risk did you think you might find in people who have insomnia? 
We have now evidence. We have a good sample size, 1,180,000 patient. This is very big uh, sample size. We calculate about the cardiac risk for every patient. As I told you, modifiable, like diabetes, hypertension, dyslipidemia, all of this stuff, obesity, stress, all of this stuff can induce myocardial infarction. And also, there is non-modifiable, like age. You cannot control your age, you cannot control your family history, you cannot control your race, but let's go to the calculation. So, insomnia, before we did this research, we don't know exactly how much it can decrease the incidence of myocardial infarction. But we have these results now as evidence that we have something to say about sleep. Our results denotes a lot of stuff, like we have 69% decrease in incidence of myocardial infarction if we sleep, and this is big number, so around 70% decrease in myocardial infarction if we control insomnia. So you can improve your risk. That's a huge amount, 70%, if you're able to get good quality sleep. Yes. So... As we said, why sleep? Because, as you know, sleep deprivation put the body under stress, triggering the release of ACTH and cortisol. And the, this elevation of cortisol and catecholamines, adrenaline and adrenaline, usually when we sleep, all of these hormones will come down. But during insomnia, the elevated cortisol could accelerate atherosclerosis, leading coronary artery disease, and subsequently mine. There's a lot of recent studies shown that in one month preceding acute MI, there was a higher concentration of cortisol in the hair compared to the healthy controls. If sleep deprivation leads to higher cortisol, then sufficient sleep will elevate the body from this maladaptive response. Like a car, you are driving your car 24-7 and you are driving your car 12 hours or 18 hours and there is rest 8 hours. What the difference? The engine will be having trouble. Also, as I told you, this is very important. Total, a 69% decrease in MI, it's a big number. Well, let me ask you, if you're saying that people who have poor quality sleep have an increased risk of heart attack, how can you be sure that it's the insomnia that's causing this increased risk as opposed to cotton in the bedsheets or whether or not a person is taking a vitamin at bedtime? I mean, how do you control for the other things that might interrupt someone's sleep that may be the cause of the increased risk for heart attack? We have this systematic review. We compare two groups. One group's insomnia, which is 153,000 people. And the other was non-insomnic. The other risk factors or the contributing risk factor to this from our study, even sleep apnea, we exclude those people to say that insomnia only is a cause. And after exclusion of other factors and the statistically analysis of these factors, we found that insomnia is the reason. And we have statistically significant results that insomnia can do it. This is Upstate's The Informed Patient podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith. I'm talking with Dr. Hani Ayash. He led some interesting research recently that showed a connection between insomnia and an increased risk of heart attack. Now, your paper was published in the journal Clinical Cardiology, and I know you presented it at an American College of Cardiology conference recently. 
What has been the feedback from your peers about this work? Really, we have a great unexpected feedback on this paper. In clinical cardiology and the World Congress of Cardiology Conference, they choose our paper to be one of the first five papers to be orally presented from about 4,000 to 8,000 paper applied to this conference. So there is a lot of interest. Yes, and there is a lot of debates between American College of Cardiology Conference and clinical cardiology because clinical cardiology was going to publish the paper early. They told them, no, please wait until we do oral presentation for this paper. After this paper and presentation and publication, CNN contacted us and they did interview with me and CPS also. A lot of people doing this for us and it's cited also in many places, but really we didn't expect all of this great impact for this. And also, this is very important that we need to continue our work after all of this peer review. I'm planning to do something like I hope that we can do it like sleep campaign that we want to announce and we want to make sure that all the patients all over the world knows the importance of sleep. So if I can, I will construct a team between interdisciplinary sleep medicine, respiratory guys and cardiologists, family doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, it will be great to have this campaign together, work together to improve. If we have these results for the importance of sleep, we will not stop at this point. Well, let me ask you a little bit more about sleep. What do you mean by the word insomnia? Because I wonder if people with chronic trouble falling asleep are at the same risk as someone who only occasionally tosses and turns. Insomnia, by its definition, we take the two definition of DSM and also uh, uh, about the hours of sleep and also difficulty in initiating sleep. So difficulty to go on sleep and difficulty on maintaining sleep. And if you wake up early, you cannot sleep again. This is the definition of ICDs. But also we added the definition of DSM about the hours of sleep. So we discovered that below five hours uh, of sleep, we have a statistically significant association between difficulty initiating and maintaining sleep, what we call DEMS, and increased incidence of myocardial infarction by about 1.13 times greater risk for MI compared to control group. And also we have the amount of sleep if the patient who slept five hours or less had the highest association with MI incidence compared to who slept seven to eight hours, it reached about 56 percentage increased risk. And the longer duration, this is something also, some people think that they will sleep longer, they will protect their heart. No, if you sleep longer than eight hours, you have the same risk of less than five hours. And also, if you compare six hours to nine hours, if you sleep six hours to nine hours, you will increase your risk about 70 percentage, but the ideal sleep hours will be seven to eight hours, which protects your heart more than 56 percentage compared to less than five hours. And also it will decrease the MI if we compare with all our hours. Increased sleep and decreased sleep is harmful. So let me back up just a little. You mentioned DSM and ICD. Those are what the insurance industry uses to code insomnia. So you went to the technical definition of insomnia. 
But then you went one step further and you also looked at the amount of sleep, the number of hours, but too little is bad and too much is bad. So there's that sweet spot between five and eight hours a night, basically, yes. right? Seven to eight hours is the best. And below five is very harmful. Below six is little, above nine. So does a person's underlying health condition also affect how much their risk rises if they have insomnia? Yes, we have something very interesting. Age. Our mean age in this study was 52 years old. We discovered that if you increase age above 65, you double the risk. If you have diabetes, you have about a 100 percentage more diabetes and insomnia. This is horrible. If you have hypertension, same, about 70%. Dyslipidemia, same. Usually we said woman is protective. No, insomnia has no protection for women. If the woman has insomnia, there is 125 percentage more to have MI than other compared. This is a big number. So At this least. is a lot more of a concern for women than men even. Yes. And as I told you, most of the people who has underlying diseases or comorbidities, as we said, like hypertension, diabetes, had higher risk of MI. What about, I mean, a young athletic person who appears to be in good health may have insomnia compared with someone who's overweight and has comorbidities or other health issues who also has insomnia. Is their risk the same? No, of course. As we said, there is calculation of coronary heart disease or MI, as I told you, modifiable and unmodifiable. If you have more risk for this stuff, it will add value to your incidence of MI or myocardial infarction. If you are obese, if you are diabetic, not, not controlled. But the issue here that we discover something besides diabetes and hypertension to be controlled. And we have evidence. We have strong evidence on 1,180,000 patients. So we must respect that the patient must know that if you not sleep well, he's exposed himself to MI, like the same as if he's diabetic and hypertension. And the doctor, when he interviewed the patient or examined the patient, he must ask about insomnia. It's not easy now to ignore this subject because you have evidence that insomnia can cause myocardial infarction, same like diabetes, same like hypertension, and it will not cost you anything. It's very easy to be treated. Now, a lot of times as people age, their sleep quality deteriorates. They wake up a lot or they don't sleep very restfully. Is that insomnia or is that different in terms of your study? We define insomnia according to the difficulty in initiating sleep, difficulty in maintaining sleep, and if the patient wake up, he cannot return back to normal sleep or the hours of sleep. So if he has any of these criteria, yes, he has insomnia. And so I know your hope is that primary care doctors would start asking their patients about insomnia because that's a risk factor that's modifiable. What can be done to help someone who has trouble falling asleep or staying asleep? There is a lot of stuff and also many societies talk about sleep. So avoiding uncomfortable temperature. If you sleep in cold weather or hot weather, you will wake up a lot. Properly sleep hygiene is crucial. And light, light, as you know, if you have light, it will not help to sleep well. Noises, limitation of the screen and our barrier to the bed 
Use your bed for sleep. This is the most important. Not using other technology. Avoid heavy meals near bedtimes. Avoid caffeine before bedtimes. And also some studies shown that cognitive behavior therapy, CPT, is effective in treating insomnia. And by the way, it's very important. Sometimes insomnia is the iceberg. We must know what's the cause of this insomnia. It's not to treat the symptoms. We want to treat the disease. So we must investigate also what the cause of this insomnia. There is a lot of diseases can cause insomnia. So the most important stuff for the primary care doctor or PCP, that he must understand what's going on, not the iceberg. We must go in depth to know, to treat the cause. And of course, if someone does treat their insomnia effectively, is there evidence that their risk for heart attack drops? We need more studies for this. We need more studies. We diagnose the problem. Here is the cause. But if we treat these people very well and they are sleeping well, how much percentage of MI will be decreased? This is a good next study. And I hope that we can do it, but it needs a cohort study or prospective study. This is very important to address. But we have now evidence that, yes, if we treat them, we will decrease the incidence about 69 percentage. If they sleep seven to eight hours, they will decrease. If they combine the risk factor, diabetic and insomnia, and we control diabetes and we control the insomnia, we'll decrease the incidence of MI. This is great. Yes. So what's the message you'd like listeners to come away with regarding your research? What can people do today based on what you've discovered? My message here is to use our natural stuff, what we have to control what we can sleep is medicine, food is medicine, anti-stress is medicine. The quality of life is very important to avoid all of this stuff. If you have sleep disorders, please try to do the natural stuff to control it. If you cannot, go to the doctor, discuss with him, also let them deal with this stuff. If you cannot do this, the doctor must know that maybe he will give you some pills to make you sleep. But don't leave yourself not sleeping well and have a lot of other comorbidities or many risk factors and you can be exposed to myocardial infarction. Number two, let's return to our health. Our health is biopsychosocial. If you are well-being, biopsychosocial well-being, it will be great. Not biologically, not our organs. We are not a group of some organs. We have psychological status. We have social status. All of this status must be well to live well. well. Dr. Ayash, thank you so much for making time to tell us about your research. Thank you very much, Amber. It's my pleasure. informed. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.